G'day guys, how are we all? It's the coach. Hope you're doing well. Uh, that's the token thing that everyone seems to be talking about right now. But what not this token is we are talking cities of Sigma and a city that I should have been speaking about a long time ago. Uh, but it's taken me uh, far and wide. I've looked for the greatest generals of Hammerhall and I found it. I found the greatest Hammerhall general across the land. In fact, across two lands, across Akshi and Gairan. Uh, it is Mitch DeBoer. Although I would have said Mitch DeBauer being a, a, a Bogan Australian, but Mitch uh, is coming straight out of the, the Netherlands. Um, someone who's been running Hammer Hall for a while now has the list tech down, and I'm really excited to explore a city that not everyone's talking about. People talk about Hello Heart, they talk about Tempest Eye, they talk about you know, it, oh, not even the Living City. Like, but I, I think Hammer Hall's a sleeper. Hammerhall's a sleeper, and I want to unpack this with you. But, Mitch, g'day, welcome. Say your thing. Yeah, hey, mate. Happy to be here. Looking forward to this. See uh, what we can find out about the Hammerhall uh, Allegiance abilities. And yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a good city. It's an interesting city. And when you look at the Allegiance, I think it's a little bit harder than the others. You know, you look at Hallowheart, and it's just like, cool throw in all of the wizards. I was actually looking at a list the other day uh, on a Facebook group and, you know, they'd spent of, of, out of 2,000 points. I think it was a good 1,500 points in wizards. And I was like, whoa, slow down. You're spending too many points in wizards. And Tempest Diet kind of feels like, cool, let's go all all super fast things and, you know, mm -hmm. bring in that KO. But when you look at Hammerhall, you're like, what do I do with this? Yeah. It's got some Stormcast stuff going on. There's some stuff with banners. Um, it's not quite as obvious. So I think it's partly why people haven't really gone into it just yet, kind of like Living City's a bit of a sleeper. So, like, I, I know you've, you've previously run them around. You were, you know, in the ETC team formerly. You'd, you'd run them fourth. I think it was at the, the Dutch GT. Um, yeah, that's pretty well, just, uh, you know, uh, bowing out to Ben Sava, who's clearly, uh, you know, no, no, no one to be ashamed about. Ben's an awesome player. But you've been playing with these guys for a while now. And um, what's your experience of Hammerhall? Uh, yeah, it's been pretty fun, like uh, getting some quite consistent uh, damage out. That's mainly the thing. Like a lot of, lot of buffs that you can just uh, hand around, just making sure that everything hits. Yeah, it's interesting. And like when yeah. you look at the builds, whether it's the um, the battalion or no battalion, like you can get some pretty consistent attacks. It's um it's quite an aggressive little army. I think probably maybe the most aggressive of the cities. Mm, I mean, uh, what is it? You've got more movement with uh, the tempest, so maybe you could play a bit more aggressive with that. But yeah, with this, uh, there's quite some aggressive buffs in there. Yeah, I think, you know, like I think about Tempest Eye being a little bit more cagey because of the, especially when you go KO, uh, Living mm -hmm. City is very much like assassin -y, like you're coming from the side, you're looking for that right time. But um, but for me, Hammerhall is just straight in your face, getting your opponent's territory as quick as possible because that is what you don't want to happen is to get pinned in your side of the territory. And I think that, for me, really leans into a few things like why it's important to get as low drop as possible to get as fast as things as possible and even some ways to kind of guarantee yourself in the opponent's side of the board so for me i think that's why maybe not as many people have played um hammer hold than maybe some of the others it's a little bit harder to kind of master yeah 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 I, some of the, the like the command ability I, I see more as a bonus because you can't re always um 
enforce yourself into the territory, especially with the new territories where it's just a small box. You can't yeah. really use the command ability, the the abilities. Yeah, this, there is some interesting ones, and we'll get to them very soon. So what Mitch and I are going to do is we're going to go through um, the Cities of Sigmar Allegiance, and I guess as a Hammerhall player, I'm very curious to see how you interpret these rules because as a Tempest Eye player and a Hello Heart player, I look at these rules a little bit differently. Um, I think, you know, we'll, we'll probably find some differences between us. I want to then kind of unpack Hammerhall with you and kind of find out why you put your list in Hammerhall versus maybe some of the others and what does it bring to the table. And then we'll go into one of your lists. I know you've got a variance to your other list, so if you want to go down a different way, uh, but we'll go through a list. So we'll kind of put some of this science together. So um, anything anything kind of high level you'd want to share about Hammerhall before we get into the good stuff? Mm, high level, uh, yeah. I mean, it, there's some nice buffs, but it, it really depends on what, what uh, battle plan you play, yeah. which is a bit uh, a bit annoying that it's not consistent over the battle plans, but it gives for some nice variation at least. So talk to me through these battle plan stuff. So I guess, um, like, why, why do you keep talking about battle plans? Why is it important? And then let's actually dig into the ways of the three peoples. Like, why, yeah, the why, why is that important to, to, to you? The battle plans are important because of the, the wording in the Hammerhall battle traits which says that in your own territory, you can uh, do not take battle shock, and in the enemy territory, you can use the command ability to fight again at the end of the combat phase. However, in some of the battle plans, your and the opponent territory is just a small box, and the uh, the, the entire other, battle, other parts of the battle plan are no man's land, yeah. with which you can use neither ability. And so, that's... Yeah that's the thing that's inconsistent and it, it, it can make it hard i mean luckily we yeah. don't have a lot of those battle plans um mm -hmm. i don't know what it's like for you in in australia most of the time we'll either get to know the battle plans in advance so in our yeah. players we'll have it um or it'll at least be advertised before before the day but i do i do, I do know some tournaments that do draw them on the day maybe even draw them before the round commences so I think having a plan or having an idea of how to mitigate such a battle plan that may restrict your deployment zone, may restrict where you can use your abilities is going to be key. But before we get into kind of the Hammerholian stuff, I want to talk cities because Cities of Sigma has some general allegiance abilities. There are some really cool things that I enjoy. But when I put my, my Hammerhall hat on, I look at this and go, I can't use it. Or if I use it, it's it's not the, the list that I want to use. Um, is that a fair assumption for you that the that the cities of Sigma allegiance abilities, the uh, the warriors of the realms, the uh, the, the generals ad, uh, adjutant, you know those types of things, so, probably not as important to you compared to maybe some of the other cities? Um, no, not really. Um, there's only one rule in there that I can use, and that is the including stormcast in your list. But the rest of the rules are not usable with at least with my list there is perhaps a way to get some of them in there but yeah so going through a few of them maybe let's let's uh unpack that and understand mitch why why in your mind it's not as important so first off we've got the empowered uh i guess empowered endless spells the amplified sorceries but basically allows you with your predatory spells or any spells that has an empowered by the realms 
you get some free things or you get like extended ranges, additional damage, maybe some, maybe a re-roll of a, a certain dice roll. Why, why to you hasn't the Amplified Sorcery been as important? There's not a lot of um, magic buffs in, in, in the Hammerhall Allegiance. Uh, I believe you can only get a plus one from the Celestial Hurricanum. And with the bad, bigger and better wizards be out there, it's just not consistent enough to actually put the predatory spells in there, in my opinion. Yeah, no, no, it, it's an absolute yeah. fair opinion. I think that's a really good call out is that with uh, the rise of Zench, Seraphon, uh, Nagash or Arcan in OBR, um, you know, I could probably rattle a whole bunch of armies. Techless, oh, how could I forget Techless? Spellcasting has become a lot harder. Whether you go with a sorceress on foot and get like a stabby stabby unit of, of Drake, uh, Dark Shards or your Hurricanum, you know, to, to, to consistently get off endless spells is probably a little bit harder now than it has been for us in the past, unless you're obviously going hello hard. Yeah, and you put quite some points in, into getting those buffs. So it's also a decent part of your army that you're spending to that. Now, with the honored retinue, I think that's that's the one for me that I really love as a um, as a, a Cities of Sigma player. So I love my honored retinue. I love having my general who might be a uh, knight in cantor, maybe it's a, an anointed on foot. It could be there's a whole bunch of generals that I might choose, like a rune lord or some type of uh, a dwarf if I'm going down the Iron Drake route. But the challenge for for you especially is that the battalion that we'll talk about in a minute, when we kind of get to it, is that. Uh, you're really rewarded to kind of go down a route that is more monster-focused because you want yep. to get on your opponent's side of the board as quick as possible. The battalion forces you to take that free guild general on Griffin. Now, with the Honored Retinue, are you tapping into that, this this rule, is this important to you? Are you going to make your general a five-wound hero behind the lines or how do you see it honored, honor, the Honored Retinue? I can't actually do that because uh, my general, free guild general needs to be the general in order to make the the demigriffs uh battle line so perhaps there's a way to like take one on foot maybe but then you're t paying the price for a free guild general on foot just for the on a retinue uh role and when i look at the command traits of um of hammer hall and i look at where the artifacts are going to go i think for me uh, especially with the command trait they've got some really good command traits i think in hammer hall and I want them to be supporting my army and getting it on. And this will all make sense when we get to the, the, the Hammer Hall rules, is that Hammer Hall really wants you in your opponent's territory as quick as possible. The last thing, and I've talked to a few people about taking like Phoenix Guard, for example, uh, in, their, in their Hammer Hall, they had this really cool idea. And I said, guys, you know, there's a good chance you're going to get pinned in your opponent's territory because if correct me if I'm wrong, Mitch, you've got to be wholly within your opponent's territory. So if you've got a unit of 20 or 30 and you've got a couple of models that are stuck in your in your, in your your territory, then you can't use your buffs. You don't get no. to tap into what really makes Hammer Hall special. Yeah, it's quite restrictive. You need to be wholly within enemy territory, uh, wholly within 12 of a hero. There's quite quite some, some, some uh, restrictions to the rule. And it's a great city. Like I, I do want to call out, and um, and Mitch, please tell me if I'm right or wrong. I really like the city. It's a good city, but the way you construct your army is very different to the other cities. Yeah. I think the 
the you know when, when I think Hallow Heart, um, even some of the other armies, they they traditionally have little castles. They have you know a, a little five or six wound hero. They have their little um, second in command to help them generate additional command point with Wise Council. They might have a unit of up to twenty models that they can bounce wounds off on a four plus. Um, they're tapping into those rules, but and that kind of creates like a little castle or a little bubble of units, but that style doesn't really work with hammer hall unless you go a certain build and you kind of yeah. then lose out or you're making a job a little bit harder yeah it's it's still playing a bit castly to to uh protect the the general and uh like the other buffing units but yeah it's not as castly as uh as the other cities yeah and and your free guild general is uh is is it's no massive wound it'll die quickly yeah. um but but you said that the most powerful or most beneficial thing to you was the storm keeps that's being one in every four of your units can be a stormcast unit so uh i know again talking about my halahard experience i love taking my knight in cantor uh maybe even if i go endless spell heavy which i can only get three now i might take a lord arcadum um, there are certain things like in my Tempest Eye, I, I take a, a Knight of Xeros or I take Aether Wings. Um, for, for you, and when you look at your Storm Keeps, is there any any Storm cast that kind of um, why why is this the most important rule to you? I guess is the question I, I want to know. Um, I, I'm building my list on a, a lot of buffs, and I need one fast hero to uh, carry one of my artifacts for more buffs. And in the Stormcast book, the Knight Azeroth is just the perfect pick for that, with his own aura buff and uh, and the 12-inch move. And with Fly, he can just be a lot of the places on the board. Yeah, yeah, the Knight Azeroth is fantastic. I'm uh, a big fan. So if we're not going to tap into to Hammer Hall's rule, if we're not going to tap into the Cities of Sigmar rules, by the way, um, the style that we're going to play here is certainly one of the many styles. And I think one of the most restrictive things in the Cities of Sigmar book is the way that battalions are formed. You know, they vary. When I look at some of my other book, my other battle times, they're quite flexible. You know, I look at Zench, for example, and it says, you know, uh, you know, have nine units of demons. And like, okay, cool. That gives me a whole bunch of options that I can build my army around. But with cities, it's very specific to say you must have, you know, pistoliers, five wizards, uh, or three wizards. You know, it's very, very specific, but uh, which I think is one of the challenges with with cities. Yeah, it's nice that for the Hammer Hall one, you can take three to six demigris. So there is a bit of uh, leniency in that, which which is nice and useful. It is for... nice, but but if you wanted to run, I don't know, let's say a version of this with a Dreadlord on Black Dragon, supported by Drakespawn Knights and a Drakespawn Chariot. Um, if you wanted to have like a version of that because you're an elf player, um, it just means you can't kind of tap into the battalion. So yeah. um, pros and cons, pros and cons, but um, I think it's kind of good to keep in mind. But yeah. So the first rule that we've got with Hammer Hall is that, um, and this is an interesting one because of all the cities of Sigmar, it is the only city that allows you to choose whether you come from um, Akshi or Gairan. So every other city is locked either to Akshi or to Gairan. And it's because Hammerhall is the twin city. It does have a realm gate. They can kind of jump between the two realms. But when you look at this, Mitch, is this an important rule to you? How does this kind of come into your, your list construction? Like, what does it mean to you, I guess, is what I want to kind of understand. 
It used to be more interesting when the, all the realm artifacts were in there. There were some some nice like Gaia Strike could be nice in there, or I don't know what what the other ones are again. But with the introduction of the new realm stuff, it doesn't really give a lot anymore. You've got uh, so basically by choosing the realm, you can either take the realm artifact of so the uh, the blade of incandescent rage. Uh, which is exploding sixes, or you can take the Gairan artifact that you can heal a wound. Mm. Um, so for me, like, and unfortunately, Cities of Sigma, especially Hammerhall, you've only got three artifact options. So you can kind of expand yourself to five options in total. Uh, but I think generally the three artifacts that you've got to choose from are pretty good. I think they're, yeah. I, think, I, I don't think you need to kind of go into the realm artifacts. No, no, they're they're perfect. What what they're in there, all three are viable to use, yeah. Which is uh, a nice change from some of the other uh, cities. Yeah, some of the other cities is like one or two uh, good artifacts, but you know, Hammerhall I think has all three that are really good. A um, couple of the other ones you're gonna get. The first one is um, you got the banners held high. Now I really like this rule. I think it's a it's an interesting mechanic. It makes me think about my list a little bit differently. But basically, at the start of the hero phase, roll a dice for each friendly Hammerhall unit that includes a standard bearer. And on a six, you're going to generate an additional command point. Now, is this important for you, Mitch? Um, it is quite important. But with the, the list that I'm running, I can't really get a lot of units, like maximum six, I think, uh, that I could get in my list but that really uh, diminishes the power of my list so i am restricted to a bit a little bit less uh less units with a banner but every command every extra command point is uh, is welcome yeah for, for me when i look at hammerhall hammerhall is command point hungry uh and and when we get to the command ability or if people are skipping ahead uh you'll see why you want to have as many command points up your sleeve to either re-roll the charges, re-roll ones to hit, or this command ability because um, it is a sexy command ability, but you just don't have enough command points. And without having wise counsel, without having the additional generating of a command point on a 4+, um, this is probably the way that you're going to get most of your command points, but it's inconsistent. You're rolling a 6 um, for each banner. So you might be lucky to get one two if you're super lucky that um thinking about the way you can kind of maximize or maybe not burn your command points uh or even guarantee your charges if there's ways to think about guaranteeing your charges so you can use your command points elsewhere uh i would interpret to be important yeah yeah uh there, there's a lot of nice nice ones even the general itself has a uh a plus one to hit and charge uh command ability uh, and and like just weighing out which one you need to use and what you can uh, you can get away with not using. Yeah, yeah. Some of those is like, and when you start bringing those, especially on the charge, um, when we start bringing our, um, or maybe we're kind of jumping a little bit ahead here, guys. Um, I'm getting a little <laughs> bit excited to talk about the list that Mitch has given us. Um, you've got this rule here that I personally don't think is valuable. I'd love to hear your thoughts, but basically, the Magister of Hammerhall. So if your army includes is the you know Aventus Firestrike, which is the uh, the winged Pegasus wizard uh, coming from Stormcast, if he's your general, then at the start of your first hero phase, you receive one extra command point. 
Ja. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What what to say about that? Like it's 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 nice that it's in there but you're not gonna use it i tried uh, to make it work i tried to make really? it work oh. i looked at some lists and i'm like i'm looking at this this uh this um this wall scroll and i'm like right how can i make this work how can i make this work and unless i'm going to choose additional stormcast units because the magister without any stormcast is not going to make any buffs there's no mm -hmm. there's no natural synergy with this particular wizard uh, compared to like like this is no synergy so unless i took a unit i think it was like sequiturs or uh, evocators or some type of stormcast wizard or unit or something um i just couldn't find any synergies and i'm like i'm spending like 500 or 400 points that uh and it's going to be the general so it means that i'm locking myself out of potentially a whole bunch of things command traits yeah. i'm locking myself out of a whole bunch of things and like i just there's no value to me taking a Ventus fire strike yeah, that, that's what I have as well. Like, even in in Stormcast, I didn't really see the 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 point of the character, but in in Hammerhall, it's 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 not useful. I might be more attracted to this if it was I get an additional command point every turn or every hero phase that he's on the table, but just to get one, like yeah, or I'd rather just spend fifty points to get myself a CP. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or even if he doesn't have to be the general. Yeah, yeah. Okay, because cool. Still get the command trait. I'm glad yeah. that you and I are on the same page because I looked at this. I'm like, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe there's something here that I'm just missing. But all right, cool. We'll move along. No more Aventus Fire Strike for us. Yeah. Um, then the <laughs> <laughs> I tried. I tried. I truly, truly, I did try. I looked at some synergies. I'm like, right, how do I make this work? And it was becoming almost half of my army being allocated to Stormcast. Or I'm like, this is too much. This is just too much to make this wizard work. Yeah, I actually looked at the the the, the model and I was like, oh, that's a nice model. And then I heard that for Hammerhall, you could uh, you could put him in. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do that. And then I got the book and then I was, oh, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> it's, yeah. The other... The other two rules we've got, and you kind of alluded to one of these already, is the pride of Hammerhall, so you don't take Battleshock tests for Hammerhall units that are wholly within your territory. It's not bad. Yeah, especially with uh, with stuff being quite low bravery, and if you're not getting the first turn and maybe something gets shot off, it's nice that you don't have to spend the command points. Yeah. For, for me, it's it's keeping those additional command points up my sleeve for turn two and turn three. Uh, and then kind of this kind of ties into the command ability that is righteous purpose. So you can use this command ability at the end of your combat phase. If you do so, pick one friendly Hammerhall unit that is wholly within enemy territory. That's important. It has to be wholly within enemy territory. Wholly within 12 inches of a friendly Hammerhall hero and within three inches of an enemy unit. That friendly unit can fight. A, uh, a unit cannot benefit from this command ability more than once. So I can't make my uh, my Griffin general triple pile in, quadruple pile in. Um, I can only make them pile in a second time at the end of combat, but I can spend it on multiple units uh, that meet that criteria of being you know, in, in uh, opponent's territory. Uh, within three inches of a uh, of a unit and within twelve for hero, but for me that's probably why I come to Hammerhall. Mitch, what's your thoughts and how do you see that particular rule? 
It's an amazing role, but it's hard to use because usually you're not going to get into enemy territory. But when you do, it's 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 great. You can just delete stuff. I think there's a way, and like when I've played around with this on tabletop simulator and I've done the maths and um, I've been, you know, thinking about this, I think there's a couple of ways and I know it's not in your list, Mitch, but you know, there are some, there are things like the Celestine prime where you can guarantee yourself to be in your opponent's territory because it sits in the sky and it kind of drops out. Um, uh, I know that your shadow warriors can obviously choose which side of the table on, although, um, I probably wouldn't be looking at them to kind of buff themselves up and, and double pile in combat. But I think this for me is the reason when I when I look at my list construction of Hammer Hall, I'm thinking, how do I get myself in my opponent's territory as quick as possible with the most damage dealing things that I've got? Yeah. And Cities doesn't have the Vampire Lord on Zombie Dragon, but we've got some good tools. I've got some mm -hmm. very good tools. So I think for me, that's that's the, always the thing that's in the back of my mind. How do I get into my opponent's territory as quick as possible and do as much damage in their, their turn as possible? Yeah. Um, with with Demigriffs, at least, you get enough damage without using the command ability, usually. But when you do get the command ability, like, you're usually just over the edge of your territory into their territory. So then at the middle of the board, putting out that damage is extremely valuable. You've raised a really good point as well, and we're about to get into the battalion in a second, is um, there are a lot of units that are one drop, uh, three drops, and there's some very fast armies as well, Beast Claw Raiders and Iron Jaws, especially in an Iron Sons. Um, that, to me, can be in my territory, in my face, in my first turn. So I think you've raised a really good point as well, is when we're tapping into Hammer Hall, um, don't think yourself always going to be able to use that command ability because there's a good chance that um, that your opponent can pin you, which is why I said to my friend uh, not long ago, taking a big block of Phoenix Guard and buffing them up to the nines, one, you're not fast, two, a big block, it's going to be easy to kind of p either pin you in your own territory or, you know, it's going to be hard to get the whole unit over the line so that they can double pile in. So, you know, keep that in mind with your list building. Yeah, and don't force yourself to actually go that far because you'll you'll just lose your units if you charge them forward on their own. You'll come out of your own synergies. You'll you'll you know, yeah. get get outside of you know inspiring presence or anything that kind of keeps them around. Um, so I, I think it's a trap if you overcommit to try and double pile in. Yeah. So. Uh, but overall, I really like the city. I think Hammerhall is a wonderful city. It's certainly the city that I was building towards next. It was certainly the one that I wanted to play with. Uh, and I know we have some very different thinking when it comes to our list tech. Um, but before we do that, I do want to talk about the battalion. And the battalion is probably one of the few battalions in Cities of Sigma that I really like. Um, I, as a, look, I'm a human player, right? I play with my free guild. So uh, I really like Tempest Eye. I really like um, Ham uh, Hallow Heart, and I do like uh, Hammerhall. Uh, for me, they're, they're, they're the good battalions. Uh, but the battalion is going to give you one free guild general on Griffin, and you can take three to nine units of 
demigriff knights. And by taking the battalion, you do get to add plus one to hit and plus one to wound uh, for melee attacks in the battalion if they charge in the same turn and they're wholly within 18 of the free guild general on Griffin. So you've got to stay around the, the free guild general on Griffin. That is your center point, And uh, you've got to charge. If you're not yeah. if you're not charging, you lose a whole bunch of benefits. Yes. Yeah, you, you need to, to make sure that everything you charge also gets gets deleted otherwise you're stuck yeah and yeah it's hard to get out if 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 your chart fails or uh or you don't do enough damage you, you you've got to and because you're not going with big blocks of units i think this is where the trade-off is right uh you've got to really think about and choose where you can kind of uh, attack um where you're trying to because the last thing you want to do like when i run demigriffs the, the worst thing that can happen, obviously, other than my units being shot off, is being pinned into a big block of, like, 60 grots or, uh, you know, like some type of, you know, horde of skeletons because guess what? They're stuck there for the rest of the game. The best thing I can do is retreat from combat. Um, mm. You really want to be choosy and picky and where you charge to get the most out of your charge benefits because uh, there's a whole bunch in your unit as well as, obviously, the battalion. Yeah, and if you do want to get that 60 grots or skeleton unit out of there, make sure that you, like, get everything in there, not just one unit. Yeah, three three demigriff knights is not going to clear a no. unit, unit of grots. Um, no. But do, do, what's your thoughts on the battalion? Is this something that people should be considering? Um, like, what are your thoughts on this particular battalion? It's absolutely extremely valuable, especially with uh, Demigris being on threes and threes or threes and fours. With that just taking it up to twos and twos or twos and threes, it's it's just an extreme difference. Yeah, it's way yeah. more reliable. And there are some other ways to get even more consistency. I remember seeing yeah. Jack Armstrong running around with, I think, 18 to 21 Demigriff Knights. And, um, and there's a lot of common ale between your list and Jack list. And then, like, just being able to hit somebody, hit them hard, and then just keep moving on is is really the, the theme of this particular army. Although Demigriffs don't move that fast. Like, they're good, but they're yeah. not so fast. Yeah, that, that's the, the main. And, and, and they don't have fly, which is also... But there's ways to get fly to the demigriffs in the in the allegiance, so that's nice. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that is a good, really good point. So you know what? Let's actually go through your list, and I'm going to timestamp this right now. Um, so for the friends playing at home on the podcast, if people can't see this list, I'm going to read it out, and I would like you to kind of like talk me through this list and talk me through why you chose what you chose because when you look at it i think um i think it's just like cool he's just putting everything into the into the battalion so what have we got here so we've got what i believe is a three drop list and we've got mm -hmm. a freak general on griffin uh who is the general the command trait is the blood of the 12. you've got a lance and shield as well as the armor of malice you've got a celestial hurricanum with the battle mage and that has the uh the wings of fire and you've also got a Knight of Zeros coming in with the Twin Stones. You've also got a unit of six Demigriff Knights, six Demigriff Knights, three Demigriff Knights, three Demigriff Knights. Now you've got two of those units both. So you've got a six and a three with Lance and Sword. And then you've got a unit of six and three with Halberds. Now, yeah. 
Um, we'll talk. We'll talk about the differences between the halberds and the swords. I think some people would obviously have some opinions, but I'd love to hear why you've gone at least you know a bit of a, of a mixture. Uh, you've got yourself the battalion, the Hammerholian lancers, and you've got yourself the chronomatic cogs. I wonder why he has cogs in this list. Uh, maybe the chat knows why there's cogs in this list. Um, but let's go to the top. Well, let's let's talk. Yeah. talk let's talk to me like. Why guy run and then like why why have you started with the heroes that you've started with? Maybe that's a good place to, to be. Guy run I basically took because how I how I base my models. Like it, it doesn't really get give anything if you don't take the realm artifacts. So Garen is just a bit of a uh, a nice fluffy city fluffy realm to get my models in. Would like I base would you see yourself taking the realm artifact of being able to, let's say, for example, for Guy Ran allows you to heal a wound every hero phase? Um, do you see yourself in a world where, where that would be valuable? Mm, not really. Not with the the artifacts that are in the the city. Mm. There's there's one that gives you an extra save, uh, an extra rent, or plus one to hit or healing, and that artifact is already in there for for extra healing if needed. That's the twin stone. Yeah, and the twin stone for for people who don't know this, and I I really like the twin stone, which is sitting on the the Knight of Zeros, uh, because it allows you to to apply one of two rules. You can either uh, and and you can alternate between them, which I think is really cool. You can either add plus one to hit uh, by melee weapons within twelve inches, or you can heal. Uh, units on a four plus for D three, so you could actually heal a whole bunch of uh, of your units as opposed to just one uh, on on the, the the bearer. Yeah, it's usually for if like turn one your general is wounded, it's nice to just heal that back up. Yeah, yeah. So what? One one, <laughs> one wound. So what? But talk to me about the free guild general and Griffin. I can see you've got the the the. the shield and lance uh the the blood of the 12 is the command trait that allows you to uh re-roll wound rolls of one uh for attacks made by melee weapons by friendly hammer hall units wholly within 12 of the general so it kind of the, the battalion is tying us together by being close to the general and then by the 12 is giving us a re-roll of ones within range of the general so this general is becoming a super buff kind of support piece yeah, and because of that, he tends to get a lot of uh, attention from the opponent. So the shield and lens gives him an extra save because normally he's got a four plus save, but with the shield, he's got a three plus save. Uh, then on top of that, the artifact armor of malice gives him another extra save, so he's now on a two plus save. But no with... mortal wound save, right? He's... No mortal wound save. That's yeah, that's the thing. That's the problem. <laughs> There's no way to give him a mortal wound save, is there? No, I believe if actually was still a thing with the artifacts, there used to be one in there, but not anymore. So that's that's probably a really good point. Is that um, like the the free guild general on Griffin to me was a linchpin, and um, and I think the trap here, Mitch, tell me if I'm right or not. The trap here is using your free guild general as like a combat monster and getting in and trying to smash your opponent when actually he does a far better job being behind the line, supporting your demis as a support piece and then choosing his battles. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've tried to make, to make him be a combat monster. That doesn't work out. Like he can't go out on his own. 
the last time he could do that was when he had the sort of judgment. Hmm. When, when when the free guild general had the sort of judgment, that's why he went up to 320 points. He used to be like 260, 280. Everyone started taking him with sort of judgment and he would just kill everything. Now he's not a combat monster. He is no dreadlord on black dragon. He, that is a combat monster. With, with with the battalion and the extra buffs that you get from the hurricane plus one to hit or the twin stone plus one to hit, you can make him put out some some decent damage and consistent because you can get everything up to twos and twos, rerolling all. But it's not enough to put it to to charge him in on his own. No, no, no. I, th no. I think that's the point, is that yeah. he's not a vampire lord on zombie dragon. Don't run him into the line and just let him do his thing. He needs to be supported. That, that free guild general has to be supported. Don't run it in front of the line. Yeah. So you've got your armor of malice bringing the uh, the armor save to a 2+. plus. Uh, Blood of the 12 is giving us the reroll uh, for wound rolls uh, of 1+. Which is great because you can use a command point to reroll ones to hit. He's now automatically making a, a reroll ones to wound bubble within twelve inches. Um, he flies, so he's got a, a good speed to keep up with those demigriff knights. Um, why have you chosen the lance and shield instead of the sword? Um, the lance is nice because you can get minus two rend on the charge, and there's a lot of high save armies out there, or uh, ignoring minus one rend, and with that extra rend on top, it it just brings him a bit over the the armor of the opponent. Yeah, yeah, and, and, the, and the Griffin's got good good damage. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is yeah, D D three and D six damage, and um, um, no, it's I think it's flat four. It's a flat four now. Yeah, uh, let's see. I just remember. I remember. Uh, I remember it used to be that a time where I would just roll a one on that d6 and I would cry. Um, no, at, at his highest bracket, like he's got two uh, yeah, yeah. that has five, four damage. Yeah, it's a, quite a consistent profile. Whether it's the sword has five attacks, the hammer has three attacks. Um, you know, hitting on threes, wounding on fours, or hitting on threes, wounding on threes. But again, through the the battalion, through through mm -hmm. charges, through the hurricanum, through the traits. What you say you can bring them down as low as twos and twos? Uh, yeah, only the lance itself. You you, you can't you can't get an, an extra plus one to wound anywhere, so the lance will always wound on threes. It, but yeah, rerolling once, once, exactly. Only the twos. Uh, yeah, it's quite consistent. That's that's the main theme of my army. Just make everything consistent. Yeah. As much on twos and twos, re-rolling ones as possible. Um, however, in saying all of that, this is kind of where charging, um, this is where you get these additional buffs. So uh, by not charging, you wouldn't get the plus one to hit or the plus one to wound. So that you really do lose a lot by yeah. not charging. So uh, as Heywo Twitch once said to me, ABC, always be charging. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that's why the, the cavalry... Uh, Halbert Demigris are in there. They always they they already have threes and threes, so they they don't suffer that much from not charging. So they're in there just to kind of shield the 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 general and the other buff pieces. Kind of act like a way too expensive uh, 
Uh, how's it called again? Oh, I forgot how it's called now. Uh, shield? No. That's right. We'll, we'll, we'll call it a shield. Yeah. We'll, we'll create a, a shield wall for our griffin. Yeah. <laughs> right, we'll, we'll go with that. I'm sure someone in the chat will tell us later what the word is. But um, so really, you've got these big units of demi knights supporting your general, running up the line, capturing objectives, uh, charging into your opponent, doing damage. Um, that ironically enough, it's the the beaks and talons I always find from the, the demi griff, the actual mount. Uh, usually does more damage for than, than the actual rider. But I think the consistency of bringing that down to twos and twos on the charge um, mm -hmm. and re-rolling those ones um, is brutal. Then you add, if they've got the Lancers, the uh, the Ren minus two and damage two, then yeah. uh, you do get a really tasty Demogriff Knight Lance attack. Yeah, exactly. The, the, Lan the Lancers need to charge. The Halberds don't have to charge. They are fine if they don't charge, but the Lancers need to charge, otherwise they don't put out enough yeah plus the horn blower gives them that plus one to the run and charge rolls which is going to be again a bit more consistent which is great the standard bearer gives you plus one to the bravery uh which brings you to bravery seven and i think for me with demigriffs uh it's an expensive battle shock so uh, each of those demis are four wounds so if you if you do happen to have a battle shock although if you're taking them in units of three then um what you got bravery seven um like it's You've, you've got to lose two to be able to potentially lose any. Yeah, true. Um, but it's still a scare, scary uh, uh, battle shock because every unit you lose, you really feel it with this little little units. Like you, you really feel the impact of losing stuff. Wait till you, wait till you lose a uh, a man crusher gargant with twelve wounds to battle shock. That's when you know it hurts. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> That'll that, hurt that, more. That's happened to me. Um, yeah. But, you know, like generally the Demigriff profiles have a pretty solid uh, profile. They've got the armor save of three, four wounds, movement of ten. Uh, obviously that plus one to the run and charge is, is, is great. Uh, the banner as well obviously get, gives you a chance of getting additional command point on a six. Um, and if you roll that unmodified wound roll uh, with the beacon talons, then you also inflict a mortal wound in addition. So that's a nice little, you know, each of those have three attacks apiece. So a unit of nine, uh, sorry, a unit of three demigris would have nine attacks. So you've got a, a chance of getting one or two additional mortal wounds on top of the, the regular damage. Yeah. Yeah. And just the, the re-rolling stuff, it, it, it helps just getting extra sixes. Yeah, Alex Butler in the chat saying that um, that Gorfist players uh, claim that you know Bravery Seven Cavalry is terrifying. So um, it really is. It really yeah. is. <laughs> Every battle shock, I'm like, am I gonna spend the command point just for for the chance that I lose one one in six? Uh, probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's. I really like demigriffs. I love that uh, we were able to kind of bundle it together. But before we get into more of this demigriff goodness, and I want to kind of unpack with you why you've got uh, maybe units of six. Why haven't you gone more units of three? Uh, I want to know why you've taken the, the halberd over the lance and sword. I think we'd be, be remiss not to talk about the role of the hurricanum and the knight of Zeros. Uh, so the hurricanum, as we know, does a whole bunch of mortal wounds. Uh, it's a wizard wagon, has a hero on it, it casts some spells. Uh, but what's the role of the of this wizard wagon in your army? Um, it's mainly for the ranged threat. 
uh, like small um, small buff heroes behind enemy lines, um, like skinks or or death heroes. It's nice to to like kill them before you charge in, and just make just softening up targets so that you can put, pull right through. You're, you're talking about Storm of Shemtech here, right? You're talking about the uh, up to three Storm of Shemtechs that can do up to D3 yeah. wounds, right? Yeah. Using that ability, it's really valuable to, like, precision cut stuff out of the arm, out of the enemy army to, uh, yeah, make your life a, lot, a whole lot easier. And together with uh, the... Uh, the extra plus one to casting, yeah, uh, to get the cogs off and get the extra movement in there for the 10 inch movement demigris. I'll scroll it down a little bit. So, we do have chronomatic cogs. Uh, for me, the hurricanum, the challenge becomes outside of uh, Hallow Heart, it is an only a single caster. Um, it does have two really good War Scroll spells, the Chain Lightning and Comets of Casadora have both been very valuable to me. Yeah. Uh, Chain Lightning is incredible when you attack a unit that's surrounded by other units, and on a 4+, you do mortal wounds, you know, all around uh, your, your initial target. Um, I love Comets of Casadora to be able to do damage to uh, based on the movement characteristic. Mm -hmm. uh, I think for you, what you're saying is, is um, Chronomatic Cogs certainly important for turn one at minimum, to, to get that speed up, the plus two movement, um, plus two movement, plus two charge. Yeah. And then uh, Wings of Fire allows you to fly. Yeah, fly and plus one running charge. Yeah. So who, who, it's just, do, who do you put that on? Uh, six lens demigris, just to, to, to pop over little lines of cheap units. Yeah and then attack the stuff behind it or ignore terrain and just extra movement uh, ability. Um, like the, the movement is a big part of the army. Um, because you have so little units, you need to be able to move around the board freely and uh, the fly helps with that. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's an interesting one. I think for me as well, the Hurricanum, um, with this type of army, you don't have a lot of mortal wound output. So when you come up against Nighthaunt, for example, who ignore Rend, all of this mm -hmm. Rend minus one, Rend minus two goes out the window. Um, and then to get those support heroes are sitting behind the line of like a chain rasp horde or something like that becomes near impossible, especially as they're regenerating. So yep. being able to have some type of mortal wound, mortal wound threat from behind the line, you know, a Hagnar is a similar type of thing. Hagnar, and because it's an ability, there is no lookout serve rule. It's just a straight exactly. up two plus or three, whatever it works out to be. It's just two plus, you do D3 mortal wounds. Yeah, it's it's a bit odd though because it it is an ability, but it is it is also a ranged weapon, so it does suffer from the Ideneth rule that you need to hit the closest target. Yes, which makes it a bit less valuable against uh, that army. Yeah, um, <laughs> people are saying stop giving me uh, ideas again. Stop giving people ideas about, uh, <laughs> about fighting my horse. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm shooting myself in the foot as well with that one. Also, play, being a Nighthawk player, yeah, it's hard. This type of army, even like you know, Daughters of Cain, who are currently kind of having a bit of a research. If there's a Hagnar, which is a very durable block of witch elves with a, a Hag, a Hag Queen behind the line, you'll never get to this this Hag Queen with this type of army. You just don't have the shooting, you don't have the the flying manipulation. 
Um, so having that kind of mortal wound threat from the Hurricana becomes incredibly valuable yeah. to to disarm some of these armies, uh, or at minimum kind of reduce the the the, the monster chart uh, of a unit. Uh, or actually, you know what? There's, I've been t- there's been other times as well that my um, uh, my demigriffs have been stuck in combat. So being able to like you put, pop a couple of mortal wounds, uh, yeah. even if it means as well casting like chain lightning or comments of Casadora to free up those demis so they can then charge their next unit. So um, for me, Hurricanum, great ability. The plus one to hit is nice, but probably not as valuable in this army than it is in my Tempest Eye. Yeah, in, in some matchup, I even value the Hurricanum higher than the Griffin. I'd rather lose, lose the Griffin than the Hurricanum, even though it negates my entire battalion when I lose the Griffin. If I lose the Hurricanum, I feel in some matchup I lose more. Yeah. Would, would you ever switch this out to a Luminarch? Because Luminarch is the other wizard wagon that if you don't need the plus one to hit, this gives you plus one to unbind. It has a nice little spell that allows you to, to clean hordes. I really like uh, the, the, the the horde clearing spell on the Luminarch, the um, uh, Burning Gaze, as well as even Fierce Protection, being able to subtract one to hit roll. So, um, yeah, and uh, what was it again? Uh, six up mortal wound save as well, around it, 10 inch. That is what I've considered, but then I, I think, yeah, I'm losing the Storm of Santec ability, mm. and that's just too big. And the burning and the the, the searing light, um, it does some good damage on a two plus, uh, and it has a longer threat range, which is why I also like it having a 30 inch threat range. But you do trade off the guaranteed mortal wounds, but the, then the burning gaze for me also becomes valuable to to clear those hordes if we go back mm-hmm. into a better you know you do d3 model wounds uh if there are 10 or more models you double that roll if there's 20 or models you twi- you triple the roll so you could do nine model wounds to uh you know a horde which which could be valuable yeah could be um but usually the hordes are not the problem like it's more the the buffing heroes behind the hordes that are usually the problem yeah. and uh, and the demigriffs themselves have usually enough damage to clear out the horde so with 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 the luminarch although it's a nice piece i think it's more valuable to have the hurricanium in this le- list at least yeah no look yeah. I, and i think for me this is why i want to ask you these questions because um some people may not have the hurricane model and they want to run a luminarch they love their luminarch or they're trying to understand what the value is and you know if they didn't take the battalion well you know what do i what's the trade-off for not taking the battalion so uh, this is not to say, guys, that this is the ultimate list. It's not meaning that this is the perfect list. Uh, it's just an example where Mitch has been able to take the theory of the Battle Tome and put it into practice and build a list around it. But if you want to run uh, a, a Dreadlord and Black Dragon and have it supported by Drakespawn Knights and you also want to have uh, some some Drakespawn Chariots, you absolutely could do it in Hammer Hall. Just know your trade-offs and know that you would not have as – you'd have more drops – um, but you would have a, a much more combat beat stick with a, a dreadlord or a black dragon. So um, there's not there's more than one basically way to play is what I'm trying to say here. Yeah, you can still get the plus ones to hit from the uh, allegiance abilities themselves, just not the plus one to wound from the battalion. 
Knight of Zeros. So the Knight of Zeros is something that some players know off the top of their head. They absolutely love the abilities that the Zeros brings to the table. Some people, this might be new to them. They, they've been running around with Knight Encantors, for example. Um, what does an Azeros bring to you and why have you taken the Azeros as your only Stormcast unit? Um, the Azeros, correct me if I'm wrong, they've got a 10-inch um, uh, re-rolling once on enemy units uh, aura. Yeah. And that's basically saving you uh, command points for t because you could also give the units themselves with the command point uh, re-rolling once to hit. And he is extremely fast being 12 inch with fly so he can be f from one place in to another extremely fast and be able to uh, support the demigriffs and the general itself with the twin stone artifact with giving plus one to wound so he's basically the carrier of that artifact one other thing that I really like is uh, he has a once per battle lantern, which basically uh, does d3 mortal wounds or if it's demons or death or demons or chaos, chaos. Mm -hmm. I, I, yeah. please look at the scroll, but basically he has a lantern that uh, chaos will take d6 mortal wounds. So um, I think for me, the challenge with the Xeros is to get the reroll to hit roll. Um, it's not your, your unit has to be within 10 inches. It is. It has to be shining light on your uh, opponent's unit. So you've got to get your your Azeros close to close to combat, uh, which obviously makes it a big threat, or you're you're risking being charged uh, for the opportunity to get the reroll one. So yeah, uh, play play. It's very challenging to kind of put it in the right spot without it being charged, um, and people will try to take it down really quickly because it's only got five wounds. Yeah, yeah, especially the, the three plus saves help with, helps with that. And if you can get it in cover, two plus save is it's really nice. But he dies quickly. You, usually he's the first hero to die because it's yeah. just the easiest to, to shoot off. Any any hero would know that. So any any general would know to disarm this type of list. You've got to take out that knight of zeros really quickly because then you've stopped the 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 free re rolls or at least you're um, forcing them to spend a command point to get re roll ones. Um, and then obviously the the risk is the free guild general on Griffin, you know, being the second uh, part of the the, the battalion. Um, but talk to me about the twin stone. I think for me, I really like the twin stone. It's um, a very interesting and unique artifact. Um, yeah, yeah. So you get to choose. Uh, I believe every start of the hero phase, you get to choose to either take the Axi or the Gairan aspect, with yeah. the extra the Axi aspect giving. Uh, Plus one to hit rolls uh, for friendly hammer hoy units wholly within 12 inch of the bearer. So it's basically just like the hurricane and the general, an extra plus one to hit, just so that all over the board you can have plus one to hit. Um, and you're not tied to a specific hero, but you get it from all the heroes. So it's just redundancy for if you lose one, you have extra plus pluses. Uh, and the Garen aspect. Uh, giving you the ability to heal friendly units wholly within 12 inch on a four plus for d3 would you consider putting the twin stone on the hurricanum instead of the azeros knowing that the azeros is the first to die and is probably a lot easier to kill uh, having the ability to be able to heal up to d3 wounds on each of the demigriff units that are within 12 inches would that be a better choice or is there a logic behind why you'd have it on the azeros 
No, the logic behind be it being on the Azeros is that the Hurricane already has the plus one to hit aura for friendly units within, no, friendly models within 10 inch. Um, and giving that twin stone just just uh, diminishes the 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 value of the plus one to hit uh, aura from the twin stone. So, so being being able to spread it out between the heroes gives you the ability to pr project that buff to a bigger part of the table. Yeah, that, that, that was kind of like what I wanted to understand because by having it all on the Hurricanum, it then means, you know, your source of power is really being centralized around the Hurricanum. But by having it around uh, the Azeros and you can have the Azeros on one side of the board, the Hurricanum on the other side of the board, it does mean you've got some diversity and you can, you know, you've got some flexibility, especially with some of those battle plans that might have up to eight objectives and how you split your force uh, can be quite challenging. So um, flexibility is is critical, and I love that you've you've been able to do that here. Yeah, um, and it it also would um, make it make the decisions of the opponent easier. If everything was on the hurricane, and the hurricane would be first to die. Yeah, but with it being on the Ezreal, the opponent really needs to make a choice what to focus on. And you're probably buying yourself some more time with your hurricane and your general. Yeah. While yeah. people are taking out the Azeros, it's like, okay, well, you know, I've lost my Azeros. I've I've at times used my Azeros when people I know are, are going for it. I would use that as a suicide bomb, and I'll just yeah. like run the Azeros up as quick as possible, shine the light and lantern to do the D3 or the D6 mortal wounds, and then it dies, it dies, because I know that it's already, you know, a, a target of my opponents. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, usually I don't really get the D3 mortal wounds off because I usually have to be too close to the enemy yeah the enemy so, models so uh but yeah that's something to consider but hey you know what like the, the you know the question here is you know can i stack these these pluses i think the better question is i don't need to stack them mm -hmm. uh because if you especially if you are on the charge you're you're likely already hitting on three so hitting on twos so getting redundancy of like plus two or plus three uh, ones always fail. It's very unlikely that anyone's going to be debuffing you with a, a minus one or a minus two. So yeah, again, you need the stack. Yeah, against Grots, it's nice to have a plus two just because they give you minus one. It's nice to have plus two, so you're still hitting on twos. But in most other cases, it's probably not yeah. as valuable. No, not really. Now... With your, with your demis, you've got your demis, some of your demis. I, I guess there's two uh, two things I want to understand here with your demis. One, why have you gone units of six and not more threes? Uh, and then two, why not go to nines? And then three, why halberds? So if we talked about the importance of the charge and the lance and the sword, why would you then go and put cavalry uh, halberds on half of your demis as opposed to going all lances? So... I think for me, they're the burning questions that I would want to understand from you with demis. Uh, yeah, sure. I'll start off with the why, why six and why not all three or nines. Um, so what I feel is that not with, with nine, you've got too many points in one unit. So if that unit gets stuck somewhere, there's a lot of po points on the table stuck that you can't really use. Um, and six already puts out enough damage to hold their own. Um, and with three, they still put out a lot of damage, but for some targets like an Archeon or those kind of beefier targets, it's really valuable to have six because they could 
take them out in one go and the three won't be able to i think for me the the um they're on a large base as well so they're on a uh, quite a fat base uh and only with a range they've only got a range of up to two inches there's no three mm -hmm. ranges i feel like it's a very similar argument to why people don't like to take kernoff hunters in blocks of nine uh just because it's very hard to get the whole unit yeah. in combat so you feel like you're wasting attacks and um uh for me, I think the, the flexibility of having, I think by going in a block of nine, for example, then um, there are some battle plans where there's five, six, eight objectives. You really do force yourself on giving away some of those objectives because you just can't challenge them. Um, yeah. So having some flexibility, having some threes um, can, be, can be quite helpful. Yeah, and for, for the, cover, the, the helmets instead of the lances, um, they're basically my uh, objective holders. I can get them on an objective. They don't have to charge. They can stay there and hold their own. Um, as well as in the earlier stages of the battle, you could have them as a screen. Ah, that's the word. I found it now, screen. Uh, that's, that's that's what you wanted. They're a way too expensive screen. <laughs> Basically, have them charge into the demigriffs. Think, oh, nice, I've taken out six demigriffs and then just annihilate it with the lances. And because in Hammer Hall, when you are in your territory, you are immune to battle shock, it means you can absorb the damage, um, not have to spend a command point, and then your Lance Demigriffs can then charge in and, um, you know, get those that Ren 2 consistent yeah. 2 damage. Yeah. Um, because I think it's important then because when you don't charge, um, you don't get any rend on your attacks, right? Um, that's true for the for the lances yeah and the halberds yeah. always have minus one yeah so like your lances are hitting on threes wounding on fours obviously not debuffing and charging all that stuff but you know their profile is quite average and there's no rend and it's only one damage so at least with the halberds uh it's a bit more consistent with the to wound roll and you get consistent rend so your rend's not based on the charge so uh i can see why this why you might take a variety as opposed to going all in on lances yeah, yeah, it's just for if, if you if you don't get the charge off or or you want to stay on objective, it's just nice to have the variety to not have to charge and just let them come. Talk to me about cogs. So sorry, is there anything else you want to mention with the with the demis? Um mm, don't think so. I think I've touched the uh, wings of fire. Yeah, we've, uh, we've had yeah. a pretty Last discussion already. Just do you, I do you want to cut you off in case you had some other uh, things you wanted to share? No, not really. Uh, let's uh, talk about the cogs. All right. So cogs, cogs, cogs went up, and uh, cogs are still good. The eighty yeah. points, currently as we we know them today, uh, giving us plus two to move, plus two to uh, to charge. Um, that's when we manipulate the cogs to go fast. When we manipulate the cogs to go uh, slow, we are re-rolling our saves. Yeah, on the wizard that yes, manipulated yeah. it. Yeah. You've, got, you've got to have a, a wizard within nine to manipulate the cogs every every hero phase. So yeah. why cogs? Uh, do you use them all game or is it just about like a, a turn one kind of launch and, you know, let's, let's abandon the cogs after that? Um. I usually try to get it off, but never get it off. Um, but I feel like if it's in there, it's mainly the threat of it being in there. 
that works. Um, the possibility to give that extra plus two to move and, char and plus two to charge uh, makes uh, the opponent um, deploy more backwards. And with them being deployed more backwards, you can give them the turn because they're not in a great position to start. So, and then later on having that possibility for a double turn. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I like Cox. Um, if I was building this list and um, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm throwing options here, I'm not saying that mm -hmm. mine's better, mine's not as good, but a, a consideration might be something like um, if you didn't want to take the Hurricanum, for example, or if you were uh, getting sick of your Knight of Zeros dying so easily and you wanted some more consistent uh, chronomatic cogs, you might bring yourself in a, uh, a sorceress a sorceress on foot, uh, find yourself uh, some dark shards, and by stabbing one of those dark shards, you get plus two to the cast. So, um, yeah, that's better than the than, that's more consistent than the plus one that you get from the hurricane itself. Potentially, so you've, you've got a higher chance, so that might be an idea to get that in drop, there. You, you might drop the battle mage off the hurricanum, so the hurricanum is still running around giving the plus one. Uh, the spell, I mean, Wings of Fire, depending on how important Wings of Fire is to you. But if you wanted to double down on the, the chronomatic cogs and you wanted it more consistent, I would look at some type of combination where I pull mm -hmm. the Battle Page off the Hurricanum. I would uh, maybe swap the Knight of Zeros for a Sorceress. Uh, and then with the Dark Shards, then I'd be able to Stabby Stabby, get plus two. And then my, my whole army is moving plus two to the movement and then plus two to the charge. And then it means more more likelihood to be in this side. But um, yeah. it's obviously coming at a cost. Yeah. Uh, the, the interesting thing with the Hurricanum is that it doesn't give plus one to, to casting for the... No, for it's, only, it's, only, yeah. it's only Collegic Arcane. So yeah. so the, the Sorceress does wouldn't get the buff. Uh, mm -hmm. And nor if the Hurricanum supporting your Demigriffs, it'll be out of range outside of turn one anyway. Um, so that's why you've got to take the unit of Dark Shards yeah. to stab Abby. Um, huh. it, it, could, it, could, yeah, if you really like, want to get the cogs off, then yeah, that, that's interesting. And I think, I think with this, you know, I, I look at this list and I think about like, you know, what does my version of this list, list look, look like? And maybe you think that, you know, two units of six demis is, uh, is too much. Uh, so maybe you drop that down and you could bring in some cheap aether wings, for example. I love my aether wings at 40 points, yeah. they're awesome to go for an objective. Um, they're fast. If someone kills them, who cares? They're 40 points and it means that you weren't attacking my 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 really good stuff. Um, there's there's so many. I, I could bring a unit of pistoliers that sit behind the line and support these guys on the flank. I think the the, the store, uh, Cities of Sigma is endless in the combinations that you can make with them, which is exciting, but we've kind of put this theory into practice and um, and I know, Mitch, you've done really well with this list again coming in fourth at a, at a, a large tournament. So, um, you know, this is not just maths hammer. This is legitimate hammer. Yeah, yeah. With, with, with all the options that's in the book, there's endless possibilities to change this around, add some stuff, remove some stuff. Yeah. I know, I know when we were talking offline just before we started, another way that I like to increase the movement of this list is, or a list like this, would be to tap into a battle mage uh, from a collegiate arcane, and um, I think it's Gur. Gur yeah. gives plus one to is it run and charge. 
I thought it was plus. I thought it was only charge, but I'm not sure. I can have yeah, a look. I've got the book in front of me. The movement, uh, the movement characteristic, or so you could get some between. You know, wings of fire between uh, the the chronomatic cogs between uh, the battle mage Gurs um, spell. Um, you could increase your 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 ranges even more uh, if that was a strategy you doubled down on. Yeah, uh, it's plus two to run in charge, so that's even more. Yeah, so you're getting plus one to to your charge from the the musician, plus two from the Gur battle mage, plus two to cogs. So you could be adding plus five to your demigriffs. Um, yeah, and there's a command ability on the general as well for an extra plus one. So you could get it up to plus six. The plus six base movement of um, of ten. Uh, that is a fast. That, that that will get you in your opponent's territory. So that's yeah, um, absolutely. But in saying all of that, like you know, letting your opponent go first, because because the trade off here as well is that you want to get the charge off. So you don't want to just run into your opponent's territory and then sit there and be charged. So it's <laughs> it's a it's a fun little dance. I imagine it's like I want to get close, but I don't want to charge because I want to charge in your territory and get mm -hmm. maximum. Yeah. Um, usually the the extra pile-in is not needed, especially with the six demigriffs. They will hold their own without the extra pile-in. But usually, like, after turn two, you can start getting the commandability off, because then you're close enough. After two movement phases. Yeah. I know, I know some other ways that I've thought about this list, and we'll get to your turn to build in a second, um, Mitch. Please, uh, pl please let me indulge just for a little bit. Um, <laughs> some other ways that I really like to think about Hammerhall is um, I love my Dreadlord on Back Dragon. I have um, ever since I started bringing that into Tempest Eye, I've become obsessed with the Dreadlord on Black Dragon. It's just an amazing combat monster. So that could be like a little independent thing that you could kind of have on the table. Um, Obviously, it means that you've got to find like 300 points from somewhere else, but that's a really nice combat beat stick that is self-contained, uh, can use its own command ability on itself, uh, or you bring in a Celestine Prime from Stormcast and it comes down from the sky wherever you want, um, has some really cool reroll abilities, and uh, the fact that you can choose where it gets kind of put down means you can really guarantee that it's uh, going to be in your opponent's territory and a double... A double piling in prime is very, very dangerous. Yeah, yeah. The the the, the prime I really ha haven't really thought about it before, but after you men mentioned it, I was like, yeah, that could that could be interesting in there. Another another one that I'm I'm still toying around with. I'm not I'm not as sold as my Discord is. I know there are people in my Discord. There's like a cult of the flames fire flame spire phoenix. But that also is another little combat monster that might be worth looking into. So, uh, and hey, when it dies on a four plus, it comes back. So, um, like, like, like that can do some real damage as well. So, yeah. and it's got it's got the speed to keep up with the demi. So, if you didn't want to go all in on demis, uh, I guess the point I'm trying to make here is that you have flexibility again, season to taste, do what you want to do. This is not the only way to build Hammer Hall, but it's a good way of building Hammer Hall. I will give you credit, Mitchell. This is awesome. Thanks. Shout out for you. Um, anything else? 
particular list, I know we've had a pretty robust discussion and I hope people are kind of understanding the science. And we've kind of talked about, you know, what would it look like if you put in the Luminarch instead of the Hurricanum? What would it look like if we brought down the Demis and brought something else? We talked about, you know, other types of wizards to create cogs more consistently. Um, yeah, the only thing that uh, the, the, the cogs are hard to use nowadays with Croak being a thing and... and Nagash, not really anymore, but now you've got uh, Tackless that just automatically dispels stuff. So, yeah, it's it's harder to use nowadays. A lot of change as well. So, yeah, uh, so I th yeah, I think for me, uh, I found I found I wasn't relying on, on spellcasters a lot. And I think the having a Hurricardum could also be really good because it's not easy to kind of shoot off a wizard. You know, I think the Hurricardum is definitely a more durable um, hero. Uh, compared to the, you know, uh, sorceress, uh, any any other type of wizard, a knight in Cantor, whatever it might be. Yeah, and still being able to put out some mortal wounds without having to cast a spell is nice. Yeah, the, the knight in Cantor might be a nice little combination as well, bringing in the, the the Everblaze Comet, being able to, you know, um, drop it behind a line, force the opponent to move forward, and then you charge. So I think again, lots of different options, but. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mitch, let's talk about your second list. Um, I think we've kind of talked a lot about uh, Demis, but we've got a variance to this list, and it's a little bit different. It's not uh, – probably probably won't take as long to kind of go through this list, but um, it is a little bit of a variety, and uh, what you've done here is you've got some commonality. We've got the similar kind of build with the Free Guild General on Griffin with the Blood of the Twelve, Lance and Shield, Armor of Malice. You've got the you've still got Wings of Fire on your Hurricanum. We've got our Xeros again with the Twin Stones. Uh, but something you've done a little bit differently here is you've brought in five Tree Revs. So you've dropped down some of your Demigriff Knights, so you've only got one block of six. Uh, but you do have four blocks of three. So you've got a block of six Demis, four blocks of three Demis. But then you brought yourself in a cheeky little Tree Rev unit. Uh, I love this unit. It's only 80 points. It is a wonderful ally. Um, so what? how is this list different other than obviously the, the, the small reduction in Demis in, in replace for the tree revs? Oh, we, we don't have cogs either. There's no cogs in this yeah. list. Uh, it relies a lot less on, on magic abilities like the cogs. Um, so with croak and stuff being a thing, not, not having to pay the 80 points for the cogs is nice. Um, and this plays a lot easier in the objective game because you've got more units, uh, so more ways to capture objectives. Um, tree revenants are great with them being able to teleport all over the board, uh, just being a threat always, having the opponent uh, have to put down something on their objectives so that you can't just steal, the, steal it off with without committing. So... Can, can we pause there for a second on tree revs? Because uh, I don't imagine a lot of people have used tree revs. Uh, so to, to kind of break down the science, we're talking about the uh, the way pipes. Um, so that's an ability that I uh, just bring up the wall scroll now. So one in every five of these carries the way pipe. At the start of your movement phase, a unit can include, uh, sorry, sorry, any unit that includes a, a way pipe can walk the spirit paths instead of making a normal move. If you do so, remove this unit from the battlefield and set it up anywhere uh, on the battlefield more than nine inches away from the enemy. So you've got a free teleport, no strings attached, no spells to cast, just 
pops around. Yeah, yeah, just and the extra bodies, the teleports, extra screening for for uh, opponent teleports. It's just all all around a great unit to put in there. Um, I think uh, Agnes in the chat, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Agnes is one of your teammates or old teammates or you played against. I think I remember seeing yeah. her in Yeah, I've played a few games with her, yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually uh, fun. I remember seeing Agnes in the ETC team, so that's, uh, that was pretty awesome. Uh, nice to see you all here. And people are saying that they also played you at a local tournament and they lost to you. They had the pleasure of losing to you. So uh, <laughs> either you paid some people some money to come in and jump in the chat and validate your list uh, or <laughs> actually a good list, guys. So, like, listen to the chat here. People are saying that Mitch is a good player or he's paid them a lot of money. <laughs> Uh, I'm, 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 a, I'm a student, so I'll, I'll, I'll not pay them a lot of money, so yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I will call out here, though, that uh, that you do have an extra debt unit of Demigriffs in this list than the previous list. So the, the previous list had four units. There was two sixes and two threes. This has five Demigriff units, one six and four threes. So you've got a little bit more flexibility, especially for those units, that uh, so those battle plans that have, uh, again, five or more uh, objectives. Um, you've also got a little bit more screening, which is great. And the tree revs are wonderful. Um, and if you don't like tree revs, an alternative as well could be the, uh, the, the daughters of Cain Canary. I think the, uh, one of them is worth 80 points. So you could sneak in a Canary unit. Um, but that, but I think the, the benefit of the tree revs is that they can keep teleporting around while the Canary sit in the sky. And once they're down, they're kind of down. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's also a new one. I'm not sure how many points they are from uh, Warcry. You're talking about the Canary uh, Shadow Stalkers. They're a hundred points. So ah, they are hundred points, right? They are really good. They are underpriced. I, I'm building a Daughters of Cain army at the moment. Uh, I picked them up. I think they're worth 140, 160 points um, for like 11 wounds, automatic teleports. Um, so if you found some additional points and maybe you dropped some of those demigriffs, you know, that, that, that unit of additional three, you dropped it and maybe, maybe. Yeah. 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 You're losing out with, with this list. You've got an extra chance of uh, command points. So you would be losing out on some extra command points, but maybe that's worth it for the new unit. Yeah. I think that's the key, right? You, you know, you could get yourself an extra command point. If you drop the unit of demigriffs, it's 180 points. Uh, get the Shadow Stalkers, that's 100 of those. Uh, whether you keep the Tree Revs or not is up to you, but um, buy yourself a Command Point. Maybe it's an Endless Spell. Like um, I found a lot of value in the Quicksilver Swords, uh, being that uh, they do more damage being Cities of Sigmar, and mm -hmm. um, they do even more damage against Chaos. I remember doing eight Mortal Wounds on, um, on Scarbrand. Nice. Just by yeah. 15 dice and on a 5-plus. Uh, I just popped Scarbrand. So uh, for 30 points, it's actually, especially in the meta right now where there's so much chaos, it's actually a good investment, um, little old cheeky 30-point swords. Yeah, that's an idea to pop in there. That's why, yeah. And then you, added, could even, yeah. you could even drop the tree revenants for that and then just have an extra command point for 50 well, you, points as well. You could keep the tree revs and bring in the shadow stalkers if you dropped one of those demigriff units down. And then you've got two units that can teleport, and uh, it's, it's hard for your opponent to screen two different units that are teleporting in very different ways while this re the rest of this army is advancing up to charge, do damage. So you're, you're making your opponent make some difficult choices on the table because 
they're going to want to meet you or maybe charge you. And in turn, you've got some units that can teleport behind the lines and with some small bases, steal objectives. So uh, you do ask some very tough questions when you start bringing in these teleports like the Tree Revs, like the Canary, like the Shadow Stalkers, like Shadow Warriors. Shadow Warriors are, are another potential addition. Yeah, absolutely. Another person in the chat saying that they they played this list uh, at a grand tournament and lost to it. So, um, so <laughs> you, you, you have a lot of fans in the chat. They are uh, <laughs> what you do here. Yeah, we've got a great community in the Netherlands. It's nice to play against all of them. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's great. I, I have been watching your community, your ETT team. That's why I knew when Agnes dropped in the chat. I'm like, I know that name. I know Agnes. <laughs> I've been watching very closely. I'm very impressed. Um, uh, ETT is awesome. It, does this list act any differently to the previous list? I know we've got an additional unit of demigriffs. We've got a very consistent kind of build, but is it very much same, same, but a little bit of like just differences around the table or has it got something different that the other list doesn't have? It's a lot of the same. It's just an extra unit of lances for that extra offensive pressure and less halberds. So you don't lose a lot if you screen with the halberds. Because if you screen with the six Alberts you and they die, you immediately lose three sixty points. But with these, you just lose less. And 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 if it means that, and maybe you know, if you're worrying about screens, um, you could bring in cheaper screens. Uh, yeah, and you, know, you could always bring in free guild guard, for example, and they would double down and with with banners uh, could help you generate command points. But I guess the trade off here is that then you would be uh, a lot higher drops. You'd be a lot higher drops. Yeah. Five to eight drops. So um... yeah, I've I've tried it as well with just dropping an extra unit of cap of cavalry halberd uh, demigriffs, and then just taking two units of uh, free guild guard. But I started playing this list to get away from my chain rasp spam uh, legion of grief. Yeah, and then it's just more because it's it's a lot less less models to move around on the table. And then you're starting to get back to that many units on the table. Yeah. And I think that's the appeal. Like I know when some people in the chat saw this list, they were really excited to see a cavalry list back. I think, you know, having, I look, playing Mega Gargans at the moment, I'm playing Sons of Behemoth. And the joy of only moving eight models around the table is just, I can't, I can't describe it. You know, moving eight models around in deployment, uh, the combat phases are so simple. It's it's awesome. Um, I can see the appeal of running such an army that has such a low model count um, because the other build to this, and again, Mitch and I were talking about this before we went online, is I was building a hammer hall list, but it was probably more centered around handgunners, free guild guard, crossbowmen, uh, getting those banners to kind of generate the additional command points so that a dreadlord on black dragon, a, uh, a, a Celestin prime, um a star drake uh a flames a flame spire phoenix one of those kind of combat monsters can kind of get into your opponent's territory pin them while my free guild kind of advance up the the board um and i'm double piling in because i'm generating so many additional command points but i'm now running an army of 100 models because uh that's just the type of build so um and you can do this with you know you could do this in a uh uh, a dwarf version you could do this in a very similar uh, elf version as well uh it just means that you'd be giving up the battalion um 
Would you would you agree with that? Like, there's still variety if you don't want to go down. Yeah, the... absolutely. That's that's a lot of ways to get extra extra uh, extra attacks or like no, not extra attacks, extra hit rolls in there without using the battalion. There's a lot of ways to do that. So you don't need the battalion. No, it is nice. It's nice. And yeah. if you find yourself not charging, and I think that's the key, right? If you are not being able to consistently get off the charge or if you're playing in a meta that has a lot of, like an Iron Jaws, for example, Iron Suns will pin you in turn one. Uh, there's some very fast armies out there in, in the meta right now. Uh, or teleporting armies, you know, just something simply teleporting into your zone. You've stopped yourself from being able to charge. You've been stopping yourself being in your opponent's territory. Um, and... Uh, you don't get to use your benefits, so maybe, uh, yeah, keep that in mind. Think about your meta. Think about what's going on, you know, um, a lot of things happening. But that's cool. No, I, li I like it. I like your list, man. It's um, yeah. very, very cool. It's fun to play as well and different from other lists that, that I've run, so I just enjoy playing it. So what have you learnt from this list that um, – because I could pick this list off the internet, right? I could run this on, on Tabletop Simulator. I could have looked this up at um, Dutch GT, and I could pick this up and run it myself, and um, I could look like a master. But from your experience running it and playing it, you know, at a very high level, what have you learnt that might not be so obvious when you actually put it on the table, whether it's the particular units that you try to buff with the Wings of Fire, whether it's the combination of the Twin Stones, Maybe it's just the way that you move your army around, and like, what what, what have you learnt about this hammer hole list that isn't obvious? Be extremely careful with your positioning, because if something's out of position, you either lose it or it doesn't get the buffs because everything in there is wholly within. Yes. So if you're like half an inch out, you can't double pile in that kind of stuff. You don't get the plus one to hit, plus one to wound. It's 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 really hard to keep track of all those buffs during the game and the the buff ranges are different because i think one of them was the battalion is wholly within 18 but then the command trait is wholly within 12 yeah. so um positioning and, and, and keeping in your buff range is going to be critical but at the same time i imagine don't just hug your general and keep everyone within 12 because then mm -hmm. you're out on the battlefield and people are manipulating the board or they're kind of taking objectives yeah exactly that's why the other uh, units with plus ones are in there so that you don't really have to keep with, with the general you can also be in other parts of the board yeah and you can always like you know keep that unit of six supporting the general and those units of three are unbuffed and and pinning they're um, tying people up they're doing some damage uh, I imagine charging on the flanks is probably a good thing, is not charging straight smack bang in the centre and reduce the amount of attacks coming back to you because while you do have a three-plus armour save, uh, there is no mortal wound save and um, they do die. They're not in... They're Absolutely, yeah. They, ca they can certainly die. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, to make sure you don't charge them smack bang in the centre and let everyone pile in. Just, you know, try to go for those flanks, try to go and... And maybe maybe even charge you know two units and kind of pin them on either side and force the uh, or restrict at least the pile in and um, you know, make keep, keeping coherency a, a real challenge for them. Yeah, and uh, even the Azeroth is nice to use that to just pin one model on the other side of the unit while attacking the the other flank with uh, help with the the demigrist or the general. Yeah, you could use a, them for that. That's a really good. I've, I've pinned with Harakhanum as well. Yeah. Um, you know, 11 wounds, 12 wounds, 
uh, obviously the Huracana doesn't charge by itself, but you know, being able to charge and pin somebody uh, can, can be quite powerful and, and you know, restricting their, their positioning and, and what they do. So any other thoughts, any other things that you've kind of learnt with this list or should we kind of bring this home? Mm. Pick pick your battles carefully. Don't just charge in. Think about it before you charge, because you might get stuck. Yeah, yeah. And if you get ah. stuck, it's hard to get out. Then let me retort and say, if you get stuck, retreat. I think the single most underutilized rule yeah. in this game is retreating i think people get so fixated on bloodlust and trying to win their way out of combat by fighting out of combat that they forget that retreating is an option and by retreating it then allows you to set yourself up for a charge especially if you go second in the turn it allows you potentially through a double turn you can retreat out of combat and then charge in your next turn um so so if, whether you take damage and you've got one demigriff knight out, you know, retreat it, kind of like go around for the juicy stuff, go challenge an objective. Uh, there's no point sitting in combat or at least go and reposition yourself for a charge somewhere else and, and reduce the amount of damage. Um, for me, retreat, 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 especially with an army like this, um, if if you get bogged down. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm getting a lot of love in the chat, you know, re reinforcing what you just said, uh, especially with a cavalry-based army. Uh, I imagine if you play Gore Grunters, for example, you play very similar tactics to this. Um, you just don't have the speed as a demigriff compared to the, um, the a Gore Grunt, especially in an Iron Jaws, Iron Sun type build. They're just a lot, of, they're a lot faster. Yeah. Uh, the matchup against uh, Gore Grunters is extremely difficult as well because you're both trying to do the same thing and iron just has a more reliable tel teleport so it's hard it's a hard matchup yeah i had the same challenge with my gargans trying to dance around and it was like a gargan versus a more crusher it was just like who could charge first uh luckily yeah. i got the double, double turn so i could charge but yeah we want to do the same thing it's just they will do it better than i can so yeah where your halberds come in and they uh the consistency will help yeah Cool. Mitch, uh, this has been awesome. It's been very valuable. Uh, it's been awesome having your teammates and your friends in the chat as well. Um, uh, I think you've added a lot of value, a lot of insight to a city that not a lot of people are speaking about, and hopefully uh, people will pick this up a little bit, whether they go the Demigriff route or they take these, these kind of theory, these kind of ideas and put them into a Darkling Coven or a uh, an Elf build, a Phoenix Temple kind of build or a, an Iron, a, a Dwarden type build. The theory does kind of translate. It just means you're sacrificing the, the battalion, but I think the, the, the lessons are still there. But uh, Mitch, I know that you kind of use Twitter uh, and I've got your Twitter handle below if people want to chat to you a little bit more, but if anyone else wants to kind of find you, want to like list tech with you, uh, where can they find you? Is there anyone you want to give a shout out to at this point? Mm, yeah, you could just use use Twitter. I'll uh, I'll have a look every now and again. I'm not that active, uh, but that is below. Every, Twitter handle every week. I'll have a look. And is there anyone you want to shout out? Anyone you want to give a, a mad prop to in the Netherlands? Not just a shout out to to the to the Netherlands uh, community, the group set that we have. Just a uh, great bunch of people. Yeah. <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs>
That, that's great. Now, thank you very much, guys. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this discussion. I'm glad that we finally got Hammer Hall done. Mitch, you are an absolute legend. Uh, thank you so much for this discussion. A lot of rich insights. I'm actually now really curious to pick up my, my demigriffs. I own 18 or 21 of them. Uh, I should run them eventually. Uh, and this has kind of given me a bit more ideas on, on how you've been picking this out. So uh, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. All right. See you, guys. Thanks for the show. See ya. Mate, how good was that video? Surely it's going to go straight to the pool room. If you enjoyed that video, I would appreciate it if you crush that like button. And if you have an opinion, leave it in the comment section. That lets YouTube know it's a great video and it should share it with other Age of Sigmar players. Cheers to all the bloody legends here on the screen who have financially supported AOS Coach on Patreon on YouTube members. Their contributions have helped me improve the quality, frequency, and the variety of content on this channel. So cheers guys, you are bloody legends. Until the next video, don't forget to shoot the heroes and have a good one.